and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get a switch over. So switched to the 50K, um, and I ended up running uh, the 301 in that 50K. That pace was at 550 as well. I'd actually ran uh, a faster marathon time in that 50K than I did at Cheshire. I had covered 232, and I, I sort of just faded a wee bit. Uh, but the last five miles, I just couldn't cling on to the, the pace for, for sub three, 50k. Uh, finished at 301. It was a wild hot day there as well, so maybe that caught me out a wee bit at the end. That, my friend, was Gareth King. And this is the Inspiration Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, how you all doing? My name is Robbie Marsh and I'm the host, so welcome to the podcast. This week we have a fellow runner who I'd like to call a friend, someone I've been watching with almost misbelief over the last couple of years as he has gone from strength to strength. Gareth King from Tandergee, County Armagh, who back in August this year not only became the national 100k champion, but he smashed the Northern Ireland record by 22 minutes in a time of 7 hours, 12 minutes and 30 seconds, which was, I believe, around a 6.49 minute per mile pace. Gareth has only been in the ultra running scene for a couple of years. His marathon journey, I believe, started in 2010, where he ran an impressive 3.34 first marathon. Like many, his first venture was for a local charity, the Royal Belfast Hospital for Sick Children, who supported Gareth's son after he underwent special surgery for a serious birth defect. Little did Gareth know that was the start of a journey which would lead him to breaking the Northern Ireland 100k record. Before we start, I'd just like to give a shout out to We Run Wild NI. They're a local grassroots event company who have numerous great and unique events happening over the coming months. So why not check out their website, werunwildni.com. One particular race that stands out for me is their 100 mile ultra Norn Island. <laughs> I can't even say it right. N-O-R-N-I-R-O-N, good play on words there. Um, which is on the 4th to the 5th of June next year. It is a point-to-point 100-mile ultra, which is the best type, in my opinion. Um, I hate these ones to come back on themselves. But starting in Ballycastle, runs along the iconic Causeway Coast, which is a fantastic route. It follows the waymarked Ulster Way and travels through Port Rush, Port Stewart, Ballycastle, Castle Rock, and across the Sperrins through the Glenshane Pass towards the finishing line in Gorton um, County Tumroon. And it carries UTMB points. Not sure how many, but sounds very inviting indeed. Okay, so I don't want to delay you any further. So it's with great pleasure I give you Garth King, National 100K Champion. So you're working today then, were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you out running um, today? I was out this morning, Robbie. Um, uh, recorded the six there this morning. So what time do you start work? Just over. I'm in for nine on a on a Tuesday and Friday, so it gives me a chance then to get the morning stuff done before <laughs> we we head in, we head into work. So it's nice to get it done at that time actually, yeah. and then it, it's done. Sometimes I do a double there as well. So, but it's usually only a recovery run in the evening then. So half an hour, forty minutes. It's a great buzz when you go into work and the work's done. Yeah, it it does. I love it. I, I was I sort of struggled with it for a wee while to be honest. Um, but yeah, we've we've got back in there now. Um, probably the last sort of three four weeks, I've been getting out in around five half five in the morning. Uh, depending on what I'm doing, if I'm doing a long run, I try to get out a wee bit earlier than that. Um, and then usually the sessions are about seventy to ninety minutes. Then so, um, you can squeeze them in and then head off to work. Then so it works out pretty well. What time do you go to bed at? Uh, I usually should aim for about ni- anywhere between nine and ten. Um, I, I try to aim for nine, so I'm getting you know at, at least seven hours. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm up at half four, and then I'm out the door. Um, in for five, half five, half five, sort of that time. It was actually quarter to six this morning, but uh, I I I don't I sort of done a faster session this morning. You know, it wasn't a. a it ended up, I had uh, 12, 12 and a half miles this morning, uh, but it actually went pretty well. My, my fitness has been improving there this last sort of two, three weeks really well. Yeah, we'll get, um, we'll get into that in a wee minute then. So when we were, me and Gareth had tried to record this last week, we had a system failure. Um, I got some good advice online, try turning it on and off or plug it in. So I'd done that and it worked. <laughs> no, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> 
going past that anyway so we did get the i did get your introduction <coughs> into why you started running and charity and things like that so we don't need to go back over that grind so we sort of left off okay. and what i was really interested in was around august in 2018 then uh, uh -huh. it got a little bit more serious as in yeah. or more focused anyway on actually increasing the miles and starting to do a little bit better um because that's when you run your first ultra wasn't it 2018 it was yeah it was uh i had actually done um the causeway coast um i, I, I was the marathon and then i had done the tullymore ultra then um in the november uh i really enjoyed that uh, you know, stepping up into that distance. I think it's a good sort of distance, you know, rather than going in to like the likes of a 24 hour or something straight away, it gives you a wee feel for it. And especially in there, it's quite elevated as well. So, yeah, um, yeah I did enjoy that sort of. I remember you coming past me on, because there's one big hill up, isn't there? And there's one big yeah, hill yeah. down in Tullymore. Yeah. Like, and it was almost this little um, self belief, I suppose was materializing through that race for you wasn't it because you hadn't really done anything that long before so you don't really know how no. fast to go or how slow to go or how to pace that properly but you could see you could tell your um confidence was building in that race as you went through it yeah i, I, th I think um what it is robbie is just, you know with the, the lower heart rate stuff it actually teaches you to, to slow down um and I guess going into those races now, those ultras and stuff, it gives you a better idea of pacing as well. Um, you know, and just trying to stay relaxed. Um, and then and you sort of learn from everyone as well. You know, I, I certainly run them a bit harder now than what I did when I started. But that that's all just took, you know, time and, and learning. And, and as the fitness has come, you know, uh, you know, uh, you, you're just learning. You're always learning, you know. Um, but it is, it's just nice to... You know, I actually ended up going back the last Tullymore I done in two thousand and nineteen. I had a real good race in that. Uh, I actually broke my part, my record for that race by fifty two minutes. Wow. Um. So, I, I just I finished second. I was actually leading that race um <clears throat> for for quite a, a distance, and then Kenny Holdsworth then caught up with me then at the, at the finish. But yeah, I, it was a good sign that. You know, it wasn't about the place or anything. It was just how I developed going around that course, you know, and it was a, a sign that things were moving forward then. So it sounds like you were being very patient with progress and disciplined. Does those couple of words sort of pop up? Because you talked about heart rate already yeah. at that stage. Yeah. So I think that's, it's been, obviously with running, momentum is a key aspect to progression. And yeah. it seems to be that... Because you do crazy miles, like you know, relatively speaking, crazy miles. Not to elite athletes, like, but hundred yeah. mile weeks, very consistent yeah. as well. Um, but a big part of that is down to heart rate training and not burn yourself out. Absolutely, um, it definitely is. It gives you, um, you know, the the ability to get out the door uh, every day. And I spent a lot of time um, at math heart rate. Uh, probably I think maybe around 18 months which is probably about 12 months too long yeah 18 um, months that was a long time wasn't it like but yeah and I think it's a great you know, base though it is it is yes in a sense but um it wasn't until you know I'd started adding in then a couple of sessions in the week and they, and those sessions were they weren't all out you know they were quite controlled controlled heart rate again but uh, I was just lifting it about 20 beats minute uh above the, the my math heart rate and that uh, honestly uh, it just it took a minute off my math time within about four weeks um mm -hmm. I, 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 you know it was and I, like i say I, I probably could have done that 12 months previous you know and had another put another good year in there but it's all learning explain your math your math heart rate to, to me okay so so math is basically 180 minus your age so for me, when I started out then, that was 142 beats per minute. Uh, and um, I wouldn't run above that for the dur the duration of the run. So it was, it was trying to hold that 142 heart rate. So you're, you're constantly looking at the watch, um, walking hills at the beginning, um, 10 minute miling, 10 and a half minute miling, depending on where you were running. Um, but 
like I say, it, it, after the second week, I, I noticed a slight improvement. It, it wasn't massive, but it was a slight improvement. And I was almost ready for giving it up. Um, but I got a slight improvement and I thought, right, I'll give this another week. And then I seen more improvement. And it's just wee snippets, you know, and it would come and it would go. But I knew I was getting faster, you know, um, as the weeks were going by. And within the eight weeks, I mean, I was running from starting out at, about, you know, at over 10 minute miles. Uh, I was down under nine. And, um, and, 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 and the key thing about that is it's at the same effort, you know. So if you're running at 142, it's the same workload at 142. Absolutely. But you're yeah. going a minute. A mile quicker and that's what we kept doing we just kept building that but i got to the point um i think after about six months uh, people talk about um math plateau where you you just don't develop anymore at that heart rate um running at that constant heart rate so it wasn't then and that's where i say i think i lost maybe 12 months just continually training like that i never really got any faster than 750 per mile mm. Um, maybe an odd time, seven forty-five or whatever. But it was always in the round there, and it wouldn't get any faster. And I thought, um, I just thought then, you know, after all that time, I thought I've got to try something different here. Um, and it's actually a guy I got I got in touch with there. Um, he had recommended a, a different approach, it's pretty similar to what I was doing, but just an extra two sessions in the week. You know, lifting the heart rate, um, to one sixty. And it, it just, it really just opened up everything for me. My fitness was just went through the roof um, in, in, in no time. Uh, and an odd time then I would put in like a 5K test just in training. And those times were getting faster. I was feeling more relaxed. Um, I was getting through my training week really comfortable, fast, you know, 6.30 paces, you know, were starting to feel relatively easy. You know, so it, 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 it's again, it's, what, what it's sent, just like, what sent you down that path? What was the first awareness that you got about heart rate training? Uh, it was actually, um, David Hatton, you know, you know, yeah. um, David had actually mentioned, uh, heart rate training to me. It was, well, me and David had done the June half marathon in 2018 and then I done Belfast in the May and then it was later on in that year. I got a couple injuries training for Belfast that year in 2018. And later on in the year, then David had mentioned about someone had spoke to him about low heart rate or math heart rate training. So I started just looking into it, you know, on online and, and different sites and things, you know, and the more I read on it and the more I looked at it, you know, I knew I understood it, but I thought like, how can running slow improve your fitness you know uh, and I just I was getting it but at the same time I kind of you know I thought how does it work you know it's counterintuitive and, isn't it yeah and it's like you know I just thought right I'll give it a go uh, but that was in the August and because I'd had a few injuries at Belfast as well I was over training I was doing things I shouldn't have been doing Um, you know you know probably like Five, more 5k related training than you know running hard all the time and things and I just I thought I've got to change it so that's what it was really um and like I say after the first week I was ready to, to pack it in because the pace was just like I was walking hills and 10 minute miles you know and you know I thought like you know I've been running seven minute miles you know and everything it was a it was a bit of a difference and I thought but just after that second week and just noticing that we change, you know, that's what got me, you know. And I was also on a, a, a was more like ketogenic diet as well. This was all sort of tied in with the whole math thing, was to drop the carbohydrates out, concentrate on fat burning and things like that. So I'd done it as to the latter as I could, you know, and really followed it. And it, it paid off, you know, in the end, so... Because you used the word fat burning there, so when you're keeping your heart, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain this in very simple terms because it's a lot more complicated. Um, but in layman's terms, like the one four two is keeping you in the in the optimum fat burning zone. That's where that yeah. level is at. That's where the math comes into it. Yeah. Is the minus thirty? I was always holding mine around thirty eight. I was lying about my age. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, 
and the, the whole point of it really is, you know, before you dip into your, because fat's a real slow burning fuel. You can go a long time on it. We've got weeks of fat on our body. Um, yep. But sugar is a very fast burning fuel. So your carbs, you've got about 90 minutes of that in your body. And a lot of people don't realize who are new to running when they're running a marathon and they hit the wall. All that's happening is they're running out of carbs and that's your body's right. switching back to fat. It's not yeah. that the wheels are falling off. It's just tr that transition back into the slow burning fuel. What yeah. you find is when you train in the way that you've trained is potentially you're not even going to hit the wall because you start going into your sugar reserves a lot later on in the race, maybe at mile That's 10 right. rather than mile three or four. So you're not burning. Yeah. So in the last like 10 or 15 marathons I'd done, I never hit the wall. It was still yeah. tough <laughs> hanging on at the end. And um, that was um, just your your overall fitness and pushing at, at that time. Um, but the wall never really came on. People are taking jelly babies and jelly beans. They're just trying to top up the carbs and chase that. But then you've got a problem of the sugar crash that comes with that. So a very similar story with myself as well, who sort of dipped into that. When I done the Ironman, there's a good book for anybody out there called Iron Fit that really okay. goes into that. And it's about time management. Um, I've got two hours to train. Okay, I'm going to go out and train at 140 beats. So you're, yeah. you're training that aerobic. Because um, you could be tired, you could be stressed, you could have a really yeah. busy week. But if you're going out and running 142 for two hours, it's the same effort as 142 for two hours last week, no matter how you're feeling. You might be a minute a mile slower or faster. Um, yeah. But I was going out at 138, and I started at 10-minute miles as well, yeah. walking up the hills thinking, what am I doing? Like, this is yeah. pathetic. That's um, right. Three months later, it was down to about 830. And you're yeah. like, this is yeah. – and feeling good about it as well, you know? That's, yeah, absolutely. Um, Rich Rule's book – finding ultra um he goes into that in some quite depth as well and how he done that and he he was the same he had to that's where i got walking the hills you have to be so it seems so counterintuitive he didn't yeah. even like your body going into the sugar burning um zone because yes. then it gets a taste of it <laughs> his mentality was stay away from it you know because when you get a taste for it, your body wants the easiest path and sugar is that yes yeah, so yeah that's right. But I, I, I actually found, Robbie, that, um, you know, what you're saying there, too, about, you know, the, the hitting the wall. Um, any, any sort of races I had done after this, you know, once I started developing stuff, I, I was finishing races, you know, smiling and, you know, and control and, you know, and, and not really suffering too much. Uh, whereas before, you know, like you were cramping up in a marathon from, from maybe, you know, 23 mile or, and just grinding it out, you know, and absolutely busted at the finish line, you know, and, and running slower times, you know, so it was it definitely, you know, I, I can, as it is now, you know, that with what I've done with fat burning and, and, and aerobic training, um, I, I could safely say now I could run a sub three marathon on a Sunday as a training run without anything no fuel no water you know and and still feel comfortable and still train the next day like on fresh legs yeah yeah it's, it's, it, it? it's it's fantastic you know and it's it's taken time to get there um but that's what it is you know yeah it's just completely transforming the body to burn on fat as fuel much better um and that's that's where the the endurance really really kicks off then yeah, my, in my mind, if somebody was to take that up, it's a three-year plan. It's not like a 16-week marathon plan. That's not going to happen. You have to look at the long-term goal in this. You know, in three years' time, I'm going to start running 100-mile races. Now's a great time to start with the fat burning and start introducing your body into that. There's a, a, you know, a side to it where you need to be careful as well, um, especially in that when you're trying to transition and get the fat burning going. Uh, I was caught out um, badly on, on a on a training run um, where I'd sort of put in a harder effort uh, in Clare Glen, which is quite it's quite hilly in there and, and sort of closed in. And I was eating eating like a a wee sort of like nutty sort of trail mix, and you know I felt great on, on the run, but uh, it was when I got home and I was just like you know I I, I hit the wall then I I sort of crashed because. 
you know, the sugar levels, the transition hadn't really happened as such, you know, and I was trying to do things that I, I, I just wasn't, you know, my feeling wasn't sustaining me. Uh, and I just, I, it was awful, such a feeling. I felt like I was going to pass out, you know, completely white, drained of colour. But then that sort of, you know, got me thinking, well, what do I need to do here? And I maybe just need to tweak it a wee bit. So I started sort of adding like sort of some high fibre carbohydrates in, in the evening before any harder sessions and that kind of sustained that you know and eventually then i was able to do the morning fasted runs without any issues and then i'm usually pretty low carb on the easy days and then i would sort of have like then maybe sweet potato or something like that or whole grain rice maybe the night before uh, a, a harder effort then um and that kind of works do you eat a clean diet then do you eat a lot of type of sort of sweet potato yeah. I do. I try and keep my diet pretty clean, probably. Um, you know, snacking wise, sometimes I struggle. You know, snacking wise there, but I've um I've started actually making um, like keto peanut butter cookies and stuff, so I can have something with a coffee in the evening that's that's sugar free and low carb. You know, and uh, yeah, but I do. My diet would be pretty decent. Like I try to keep it um fairly clean. I think that helps. You know. It's hard to say. I wouldn't exactly say to anybody, you need to do this. You need to be on a keto diet. You need to be low carb. You, need, you know, I think as long as the diet's generally clean um, and, you know, refined sugars, processed carbs, trans fats, things like that, cut that all out and yeah, you'll you'll find you get a better just, response. Just in life in general. Yeah. <laughs> cut that yeah. shit out. Like. Yeah. Um, listening to you, though, you know, it does... Like it's worked really well for you, but it does contradict what some of the sort of best coaches in the world would tell you. You know, some of the guys that we've had on the podcast here, Martin Cox, Robbie Britton, you know, they will. I remember sending a message to Martin Cox one day, I'm going to knock out sugar and wheat. And he's like, don't be a dick. Like, that's your fuel. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and like they'll both tell you, like they sent me a plan on how to train the gut to take 90 to 120 grams of carbs an hour and right that, okay and that's what they would have like robbie Britton's the uk ultra running coach like and that's what he tries to get his athletes to around 120 grams of carbs an hour that's a lot okay like, that's a lot of yeah. carbs like um and i i do understand the aspect of the body is an amazing thing you know and whatever path you train it down you know, it adapts so well to what yeah. you're putting it through. And you take, yeah. like, Ian Keith's a good example of that, um, where he eats very, very little um, on, on the run. Like, he's on that for a lifetime. I remember doing an, uh, an interview with Ian Keith and then going out and running half the Mon way with no fuel to see how far I would get. I got to, like, mile six and was wrecked. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think, Robbie, you're right. You know, it's, it's what your body's used to, um, you know. And I certainly found on like a, a you know a, a diet where I, I wasn't really watching anything um you know i was just eating anything uh, sweets and all uh i was overweight for my size and I, I wasn't i was 76 or 77 kilos at my heaviest and uh, it wasn't until I, I sort of stripped that off you know i dropped down till about 63 and i just found massive benefits to that um the fat burning was was going and I felt more clear, uh, you know, lethargy had sort of gone. I was totally lifted through the day, felt really energetic throughout the day, uh, you know, no matter how much training I had done. Um, so it worked for me uh, and, uh, you know, and I sort of kind of stick to that. Um, I mix it up a bit, but just try and keep it clean now. But like food is just fuel. It's when you start looking at it like that. You know, our bodies aren't designed actually to eat a breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, and snacking all day long. It's designed to, food is fuel. It's as simple as that. You need to yeah. intake what you're burning and yeah. it needs to be good, clean fuel going in. And, and we can use the parallel to a car or whatever. You hear it all the time. It's a bit of a cliche. Like you put shit fuel in the car, like, and if you don't yeah. put enough fuel into your car, you know, you're going 50 miles, you put 30 miles of fuel in and it's shit fuel. It won't even get you 30 miles. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Clapping about the road, um, but clean food because being able to get up in the morning, you know, and then go to work and still feel energized. Yeah. Um, to me, 
you know, I I get that momentum when my diet's right. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a um, catch-22, isn't it? Because when your diet goes shit, then you start chasing it. And then you're eating crap to make yourself feel better through the day. You're taking sugar or whatever. And it's a catch-22. You have to just, like, draw the line go, right, these next two or three days, I need to eat clean. Because it's, yeah. it's false energy that you're giving yourself. I, I think it is. But I think a lot of things, too, Robbie, are are mental you know like you can think these things you know if oh, i at rubbish there so you know if two or three chocolate bars today or whatever and you start getting a wee bit down about it but i'm thinking that it's maybe doing more damage than it actually has you know you, you're kind of building up a problem that isn't really there maybe sometimes as well so but i think just generally if you're if you're exercising and and you know yeah if you can keep your dad relatively clean then you know, it, it'll stand by you. Listen, I, I'm sitting here with a load of guilt on my face right now. Uh, my mum just made, um, she sent around an apple crumble <laughs> and I ate the whole yeah. thing. I ate the whole thing. There was no custard, uh, that's why I ate the whole thing. If it was custard, <laughs> I would have had one portion. I would have been satisfied. Yeah. The kids come down what? and said, where's Nanny's apple crumble? I was like, blame the dog. What else can you do? Like, uh, Yeah, but I'll tell you what, you just when you're saying that, you know, it, like, there is benefits to sugar as well, you know, in, in a sense, because, um, you know, I, uh, I, like I say that day I was, I had crashed, um, you know, in the, in Clare Glen and I, I was actually going up to my, my wife's nan's then for, for lunch. And, uh, I was, I was just completely drained, you know, and I got in and said, you look terrible, you know, go and sit down there. I said, right. Okay. I don't feel great. <laughs> and I got a I got a big whack of pav- pavlova and a bottle of Lucas here, and I like like two minutes I was just back to myself, you know. Yeah. I just I was just completely flat, but so yeah. My nemesis in the hills at the minute when I'm doing a long sort of I was doing the more mall or something is a bottle of Lucasade now, um, yeah. and I'm not joking. Like two sips of that, and it really does kick into my yeah. head and keeps me going. Yeah. Um, whether it's psychological or not, you know, it's it definitely lifts you. I think you know, uh, you know, for sure uh, when you should have hit the wall, they got there too. Like flat coke, a lot of people are using. Um, that you know, uh, yeah, but I think Lucas Lucas there had actually cut the sugar down by by half. Um, but coke, coke is loaded with it. You know? yeah. <laughs> so you know, if you if you if you're feeling low, that's probably the the flat coke is the way to go. Yeah, so. 2018 then um, in Moore, I think you came, did, did you come second in that race or was that 2019? That was 2019. Uh, I think I finished, I finished sixth um, in 2018. That's right. So 50 odd minutes knocked. I've talked to Mark Weir there just actually before I spoke to you. I think he actually came third. Mark came third. Yeah. Kenny was first and myself and then Mark. Yeah. Um, so there's, that's when it really started to happen for you and started to click into place, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, I think when you get, you know, you get results like that, you know, or it's, it's not so much about the result or the place, you know, it's it's the times and the the performance, you know, I'd be thinking about more, um, you know, and once, like, I, I think it was like 52 minutes off my previous year's time, and I thought, right, okay, this is going in the right direction. Um, we just keep doing what we're doing and, and keep pushing. And I was just sort of thinking then about the next race, you know, and breaking a sub three hour marathon then was coming into my head and things like that. So, yeah. So uh, again, it's just you're just learning from every from every run, um, every training session that you do. And I knew then I was getting stronger. Um, I, I could run the hills pretty decently as well. So, and it was just yeah, just keep going and and seeing what you can do. And what? that. Uh, you mentioned sub three there, but what was your main goal when you were going through that? Was it just progression? You were enjoying the that sort of. Yeah, well, I knew I knew I was getting. You know, I'd ran before I started low heart rate training. I had ran, I, I think three oh eight was my best time in the marathon. But every marathon after that, you know, I was always in around three twelve, three fourteen. I couldn't actually get any faster, and um, I wasn't training right either. But when I'd started to do the heart rate training and you've seen the developments from that and I knew I was getting faster and, and as races of races I was doing, I was feeling stronger. And then I started thinking, okay, could I break a three hour, 
marathon then um, and I managed to do that then in, in 2019 at Belfast. What time was that? Um, well, it actually worked out was the year the course, <laughs> the course was long. Uh, I think I crossed the line in, in 2.57 and then it, when the time was adjusted, I think it like 2.55 or something. Yeah, there was a lot of sorry looking faces there going past the 26.2. Yeah, <laughs> all I could hear was like, you know, I was sort of running with the pacer and um, they they were sort of saying, you know, it was the, with the mile markers and stuff, you know, that this course is, is long and, you know, we need to sort of pick up the pace and I'm like, oh, what, <laughs> what, what do I do? Because, you know, I'm sitting with a three hour pacer and I'm like, am I going to have to go with this or do I settle or what do I do? And I ended up, I just went with them. And it ended up, you know, it worked out okay in the end. Then I think we we got a two fifty five out of it when the time was adjusted. So yeah, it worked. Well. Yeah, at least it wasn't yeah. like Manchester. Manchester was short, and everybody yeah. lost their qualifying times. That's that's right, that's right. Um, and then I I actually ran. Funny enough that that actually happened. Obviously, the Lauren Half Marathon yeah. this year was a bit of a. But I I don't know. Um, you know, I, I ran a, a PB in that as well. And I'm just wondering, you know, was it, um, it's not on like the, you know, your power of 10 or anything. All the times were coming up, everything I've done. But that that half marathon hasn't come up. And I'm just wondering, was right. that the reason why, you know, I don't know. Um, what time was that? I'd say it was the reason why, but what time did you get in that? Uh, 71 minutes. Jesus, mad. Like, so it only got investigated because the, the half, the woman's half world record was broken, wasn't it? That's right. Um, Got it. But I, I sort of heard that, you know, I don't know, but like the, the main sort of the rest of the starters, you know, were, were actually back a wee bit further. So I don't know if right, that's... okay. I don't know, but it's not on there anyway. They have so. done a fantastic job up in Lan, though. Do you know what I mean? Like these things, unfortunately, do happen. I don't know how small yeah. of a margin it was. Yeah, um, I would say if you followed her route as well around the corners, um, it more than likely was just slightly over it. Like, but they've done a fantastic job with with getting it into the series, and and the names that they've had over here is absolutely mind blowing for Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. That was actually my first time running, Lauren. Um, you know, I, I loved it. It was a lovely course, and actually, I had obviously just ran the SEP the week before, so the plan was. To just, cause I had it booked and I thought, you know, I wasn't even going to go and do it. And then I thought as the week went on, I'd just done easy running um, between the two races. And I actually got up there and once I got my first mile over, I felt, my legs felt pretty decent. And I thought, forget, I'm just going to go and <laughs> give it a blast, a lash here and see what happens. And, and yeah, it, it worked out really well. Because that's when you start to do everybody's head in, by the way. We're going to get to the ACP in a minute. like, But it's just like, he's done the yeah. ACP last week. And now he's running 71 minutes in the Larn half marathon. I had a few messages about that. I was like, what the? F <laughs> <laughs> so how, yeah. It frustrates even the best runners out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because they're like. Yeah, uh, Robbie, I honestly, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, you know, I just thought. We yeah, we should I, I, we should add at this point, you know, you ran, um, you knocked twenty two minutes off the Northern Ireland hundred k record in the ACP. We're going to get to that in a minute, just for to put it into context, like, and then yeah. the following week you go out and run seventy one minutes in the Larn half. Um, yeah. but it just shows you how how well and how conditioned your body was. Yeah, I mean that's the thing I've noticed probably the most um, from my started low heart rate training was recovery. I mean, I can get in, you know, two good enough sessions there in the week, a long run, um, about a minute slower than marathon pace, uh, and then everything else easy in between that. And I just, I, I just seem to be able to handle that really well and, you know, recover really well between sessions. Um, at 41 as well, you can't, you know, I'm not old, but I'm, I'm not young, young either. Um, and I, I feel better. I'm more conditioned now than I ever have, um, and I've always been fairly active, um, as a as a child even as well, you know, and I I just seem to I just seem to recover. I feel pretty much the same. Yeah, I, I recover well. I, I you know, you know, and but yeah. burnout burnout is a big problem for marathon runners. Um, one way to avoid that is heart rate training because it's more controlled. You're able yeah. to control a specific effort over a certain amount of time every time yeah. and replicate that 
So you have control over the effort that you're putting into your legs rather than because plans are dangerous, you know, especially yeah. with marathon running, like the, the heart rate, as we mentioned, is long term, but plans can often be like four months. You don't yeah. like dropping a week or two weeks and you're like, oh, shit, do you know, do I start back on that third week or do I drop back? And yeah. then all of a sudden you just get one little niggle, but you're you're hanging on to your plan and then the whole thing goes tits up like. That's my experience. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is. That's right. You know, and I, I think, you know, li listening to the body is, is massive as well. Mm. Um, like there's times where I, I should kind of do follow a plan as such in terms of when I'm doing sessions and whatever. But there might be, t like I say, I do most of my remember running in the early in the a.m. Um, but if I get up in the morning and I, I'm due to do a moderate session, you know, that's at the minute that's arranged for the 620 pace um you know 75 minutes maybe of that and if i don't feel like it you know i just i know sometimes i've went out and i've ran a mile and i thought oh i'm, I'm just not feeling this and i'll just stop the run you know i might do maybe a couple of mile cool down and come back home and then try it later in the evening then and you know that seems to work as well um you know it's not i don't think pushing the body too hard through things is really necessary for me you know it's just uh, being mindful and, and just more in injury prevention and, and just trying to get a, a build up a good fitness level um, while remaining relatively comfortable. 2020 was a real wipeout for a lot of people, um, obviously with COVID coming in and cancelling everything. Like, um, How did you manage through that period of the races being cancelled? Um. I, I didn't mind so much. I kind of got into the the virtual stuff. I obviously, done the the Finn McCool, which was a that <laughs> was a, a great experience. So the um, Finn McCool was my virtual race, which was 30, 32 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty two marathons yeah. and thirty two counties of Ireland. Like, yeah, you went mental. You were just like, wow. Like, how many? Like, how quickly did you run that? I, I ran it in uh, inside the calendar month. Then it's just you know just over four weeks. Um, how many miles do you know? It was 1,350 kilometers. You'd think I would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my challenge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 1,350 uh, kilometers like in the calendar month. That was fantastic, wasn't it? Like. Yeah, yeah it was. It actually, that actually started off um, with, a, a, it was actually, there was a wee event there that Natalie Bobanks had, had set up. And um, we, we went out and done that um, at, the, at the lakes. And uh, around Tanafmore, and uh, yeah, it, it, I think there was myself and Barry McCarroll and uh, and uh, Marty, Marty Marty Chipper and uh, Johnny Brain. We we stayed and, and finished out the hundred miles, and that and that was actually, you know, it started on the Friday, and I think that was on the Saturday, if I remember right. Or was the Friday? Yeah, yeah. and I'd ran five five k or something that morning just to get it going. And then I done Natalie's event, and we ran a hundred mile there. That was it, up and running. And I thought, right, I'd actually ran the next day as well. I, th I actually don't feel overly bad here. I maybe just keep this going. So I think I was like, it was clocking up over over two hundred miles a week, um, you know. And uh, yeah, most obviously all of it was still, but I threw in the odd session there, you know, as well, just to keep the legs turning over. So, you know, but most of it was just slow miles and like a night sir, maybe running 30 and 40 mile or 50 mile, you know. There was one night uh, you went out really late, I remember. And you yeah, like 30 or 40 yeah. miles. What was that? I can't remember. Uh, that, was to, that was to finish it up, you know, it was to finish it up. Um, I think I ran something like 45 or something, but I started, <laughs> I finished work on the Saturday. Um, I thought, right, I want to get out and get this done and finished. So I think I ran to like after work around the two o'clock in the morning or something, um, and that was it complete then. That's mad. So yeah, there's a, there's a key thing that's sort of jumping out at me there is, and I remember Dean Carnaz is saying it as well. You know, after somebody had asked him what you do after a marathon for recovery, he's like, go out for a run, and it's your body is such an amazing tool, and you've talked about your recovery and how well you recover, but it's only because you're making your body learn how to do that. Because yeah. you're running the next day, so you're not giving it. If you give your body a week or two weeks to recover, three weeks to recover after a marathon, that's what it expects. 
and that's how yeah. it's going to recover. But if you go out the yeah. next day or a couple of days after or the next day or whatever, like, um, and you continue to do that, then your body mm. knows it has to stand up to that. Yeah. And it learns how to do that recovery within that period. Uh, that's right. I, I think sometimes, Robbie, though, um, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, recovery days or days off. Um, I like to sort of be active, um, active recovery as such. But there is times within the year, you know, you just have to say, right, I've had a couple of, of times this year where it's been unplanned. Mm. But, you know, with with having to isolate at home and things like that and um, where I couldn't get out to train. But, you know, as much as it, it sort of drives you mad, it's a good chance to reset. And you learn that too. Um, and you do drop a bit of fitness and stuff, but you just start again and just build it up and build it up and it comes. But you find that it just freshens the legs up and freshens the body up, you know, that that, that sort of break, um, especially if you've been doing, you know, big volume. Um, I think sometimes, it, not a, a lot of times, but maybe once or twice in the year, um, where you could just sort of sit back and just com- take a take a complete break, and then go again, um, yeah. is is probably not a bad idea. In twenty twenty one, then the Anglo Celtic plate came up. Um, tell me, did you have to apply for that? What what actually happened? Uh, I I had started off probably doing it was again it was on the back of an isolation. Um, I was I hadn't trained in about maybe nearly four weeks. Um, you know, two of my kids had, had tested positive. They were both fine. Um, and no issues there at all. But uh, I had to do the isolation for the for the first, you new know, positive test, and then, like it was like eight days later, we got another positive test. So I had to redo the fifteen days or whatever. It was. I was like, oh, what is happening? So, but anyway, I decided once that was over and I was able to get out again, I thought, right, I'm gonna stick in a twenty week block. Of training here and just use the maybe the first eight weeks just build it up nice and easy and then start uh, training again for a marathon in the spring hopefully we'll get a race on i had nothing but to know what was going on what was going to be happening um and the plan was then was to run porter down marathon uh Karen running club and uh so i had applied for that and i thought right i'll use that as my my, my goal marathon race and, and see what i can do there but it was unfortunately cancelled then. So I was like 17 weeks into the block or something. And it's like, oh my goodness, what do we do? And then and then actually I lost my mum um, in the March as well. Yeah. So that was a, a head wrecker. Um, so yeah, and I thought like, what do we do? Um, do we keep going? And, and just, and I sort of thought my mum would, would have wanted that, you know, and I, I, you know, I, she, she loved to hear about the running and, and things you know so um i thought right i'll keep going and it just i just i think it was the week after that i had ran um uh a half marathon time trial Um, i ran a 113 just on my own um Jeez. and i i actually then got ended up then going onto the strava page for the cheshire elite marathon or Wrexham elite marathon at that time and managed to find a spot in it but i needed to run a qualifying time of two sub 240 in the marathon and i didn't have that but i knew i was in shape for it um and i thought right i haven't got it so it ended up long story short i sent over the half marathon link from strava uh the time trial and just sort of explained my training and what i was doing and the volume i was putting in and stuff he says there's a guy michael michael harrington uh, over there and he says come on ahead on over no no worries so Brilliant. went over there um and ran a 233 and uh that's, that was that's mental, like isn't it 233 what's the, what pace was that that was five five fifty two maybe Jesus. yeah like, so, how, how did your how was your training comparable to that I knew, I knew just from the, the, the midweek sessions, I was doing my sessions were on a Tuesday and Friday, um, and then probably about the last eight weeks, I was doing some like lactic threshold, you know, I was, I was running at sort of like 165, 170 heart rate, um, and the pace in there was like sort of 520, 530, 
How long could you I hold mean, that for? I could run a half marathon with that, right. like no, no, no problem. So I knew I was in. I could probably hold, you know, in around sort of five fifty pace then for the, for the marathon, and that's actually how it worked out. Um, and we're done uh, two thirty three. That's that's that was it. And I actually then I had booked I had booked the, the hundred k at the the Northern Ireland Ultra Running, uh, championships at Down Royal, and I thought right I've just ran two thirty three here. And I was started thinking maybe well I just switch to the fifty k, um you know and just give myself a wee bit more chance um in that rather than trying to smash it a hundred five weeks after two thirty three, and I thought yeah I'll 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 see if I can get a switch over so switch to the fifty k, um and I ended up running, the three oh one in that fifty k that pace was at five fifty as well. I'd actually ran uh, a faster marathon time in that 50k than I did at Cheshire. I did covered 232. And I, I sort of just faded a wee bit uh, about the last five miles. I just couldn't cling on to the, the pace for, for sub 3, 50k. Uh, finished at 301. It was a wild hot day there as well. So maybe that caught me out a wee bit at the end. 301. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, not say you got caught out at the end. <laughs> well, well, I sort of, I sort of thought at that stage, you know, about 24, 25 miles, I'm on for a sub 350k here. Um, how were you feeling uh, through that race, like at, at 25k? Uh, how were you feeling? At, 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 at 25 miles, Robbie, uh, sort of 24, 25 miles, I was feeling, I was feeling really good. It was just once I got into sort of like mile 27, I started grinding. In a bit, you know, then I was, I was hanging on. Um, pace sort of dropped then down to about six ten, six twenties. Uh, but I was still able to hold that and, and finish that out. But that obviously then just put me outside the, the, the you know the three hour mark then. So, but that that then was the the sort of I was approached then by Cara at the finish of that, um, and she asked me would I would I put my name in the hat for for SCP, and. I thought, you know, I thought I'd, no, I'd have no chance, you know, of getting selected or anything. But I thought, you know, all right, sure, I'll, I'll fire, in, fire it in then and see what happens. And when I got the application, you know, and I'd sort of asking, you know, what sort of what have you done time and ways, you know, for the marathon, for the half marathon, you know, 50K, 100K, 100 mile defense stuff. I'd done all of it and met all the, the sort of criteria for it. So I thought, well, I'll throw it in and see what happens and then i got the spot and i was i just <laughs> i couldn't believe it you know it just the chance to run for northern ireland was just just blew me away you know um so just, just for those that don't know what is the anglo-celtic plate it's it's a it's a hundred kilometers um race uh which was done down at mandelo park so you got ireland in it you've got northern ireland in it you do. You've got Northern Ireland. England, England had sent runners over, but they, they hadn't actually lost a team officially. Um, and then there's Scotland and Wales then as well. So, yeah, it was it was just mad to be around that and be a part of it. And um, and then obviously on the day, it, it it couldn't have went any better as well for personally and and for the more importantly for the team. You know, it was brilliant. Yeah. So leading up that week, leading up to it, what like. How did you change things leading up to that? Plenty of rest, food. What did you do? Training wise, um, I, I just I basically kept things pretty much the same, Robbie, um, as my marathon block. Um, but I started to extend the long run and slow it down a bit, um, just to give me a bit more time and feet, a bit more endurance. Uh, it ended up then I'd done um my long run sort of went from twenty three mile to thirty mile to forty mile. And then I'd done the Gullion Way Ultra, 64K, and then I'd done Montalto 12R. And that was really it uh, in terms of the, the long runs. I started to wind that down again and taper a bit uh, for a couple of weeks. And then um, that was it then. It's, it's mad, like, because I'm just sitting thinking there, you've really sort of gone from club runner, <laughs> if you like, um, to Northern Ireland's 100K record holder. In like it's, really three years, it's it's mad. It's just <laughs> isn't it I really? Just, it really uh, is yeah. as, as madness yeah. as that. It's not like we're talking to some Olympian here who's been doing this all his life. Like you know, two thousand and eighteen, yeah. you were um, sticking on your club jersey on and going around Clare Glen up and down the hills with everybody, and then yeah, 
through this race than you actually knocked 22 minutes off the record like that is just so what was the time 7 12 30 yeah yeah and I, to tell you the truth i didn't even know about records or anything i you know i, I hadn't looked at it i didn't even know like we got a booklet that morning of all the people who were racing on it and what they'd done and different. i didn't even really look at it you know i was just like just overwhelmed with a chance you know to run for northern ireland um uh, you know, at, like I say, at no idea in records, but the plan, I was looking at sort of uh, pacing-wise, I'd never actually, I'd ran 100k distance, I'd done 100 mile, 24 hours and things, but I'd never actually raced the 100k, uh, you know, and I thought, right, pacing-wise, you know, I started looking at a few things, and uh, the, the sort of general idea that I was getting was that, you know, if you're marathon, based on your marathon time, you sort of and it off that per mile uh, so for me that was around 650 pace and I thought once I've seen that I was like flip me 650 pace for 100k like is, can I do that you know and then I was thinking to myself like I'm running for Northern Ireland my first time in an international vest if I mess this up <laughs> you know what you know what's it gonna what's what's gonna happen and I'm like you know what do I do do I go with it or I just thought frigate you, you know it's a, it's just a team go. event as well isn't it you know, you've got your North yeah, Island yeah. team event, so you've got that playing on your mind. Yeah. It's not like all out. Of course, yeah. You know, you, you roll your dice, um, but if it goes tits up, you actually, you feel like you're letting the team down if that happens. So you've got that Ex pressure. Exactly, yeah. All that was like coming through my head, you know, and it's like, do you play it safe or what do you, you know? And then I thought 650 pace is fairly comfortable at this stage. You know, I, I know that and... But I actually didn't start off. I started off in around sevens. Uh, I think I ran about 10 mile in around sort of seven minute mile pace. And then I just started to increase. And uh, midway through that race, I was actually running like 6.30s, 6.20s uh, for about, uh, maybe about 30 mile um, after, the, after the 10. And then, you know, uh, maybe, maybe up till about 50, 50 mile actually. Uh, the pace was really good, felt really comfortable. Then I had a few wee highs and lows. It was a massive shower come on and thunder and lightning and things. And <laughs> that kind of messed me a bit a wee bit because my trainers were wearing vapor flies and they were sponging like mad and, you know, squelching. And uh, I feel I had a few highs and lows through that sort of period, then started to pick up again. Uh, and it really wasn't until like the last two loops I started to get a wee bit tight in my hamstring and that, but I was still running a decent pace and, um, I just stopped and stretched that off and then I was able to finish my two loops, you know, without a problem. Um, yeah, so, and uh, like when I crossed the finish line, I know Adrian come running down, he says like, you've just broke the Northern Ireland record by 22 minutes. And I just like, what? You know, <laughs> uh, you can't be, you're joking, you know, sort of thing. I was just like, flip, this is unbelievable. And then I'd actually won the Irish title as well. And uh, I come down. I was presented with a, a gold medal for that. I was like, all oh, this was just my. It was just my head was spinning, you know. I just I wasn't used to that, you know. Um, but yeah, it was such a day and, and a team effort and just great to be around it. Yeah, because the whole one thing I do want to ask is, the, what were you feeling on in the race? Because that's something I struggle with. Like, do you have any stomach issues in a hundred k or? Uh, I, I actually didn't. Uh, my I, I actually my, mo most of my feeling come from tailwind. Um, I uh, I didn't really eat a whole lot of solids uh, at all. So at times there, I were feeling a wee bit um, not slushy, but I could feel that there was t the tailwind in me. Um, so I would snack on like a Cliff Bar sort of peanut bar, peanut crunch bars, and maybe an odd gel. But I didn't eat a whole lot of solid. Um, I split my my tailwind. Um, I made enough, you know, like two. 250 ml bottles per hour was the plan um, and I set those up and then I had a couple of caffeine ones as well should I have needed them and um, so every two bottles and I set up like seven hours worth and then I had a few uh, caffeine ones and stuff set up as well so I was set up you know with about nine hours worth of fueling but um, I didn't really need it all um, and yeah it, it, it worked out it worked out a treat I, I had no stomach issues whatsoever um which was great yeah that it was um 
fantastic results in this year's Anglo-Celtic plate for Ireland, like, wasn't it? So you, you got gold national champion, broke 22 minutes off Ian Anderson's record, which I think he done in 2002, I think, it had been done yeah. back then. Um, but the women, um, Irish team, sorry, uh, yeah. Yeah. sorry, first the male team with your fantastic results, but who did you have in your, your team? You had Johnny Breen, was Dave Andrews. Sure. Dave Andrews, yeah. Um, we had uh, oh, Richard Duffy. Richard. Richard, Richard Duffy's there. Um, his uh, names are the names are leaving me here. Um, oh, oh, there's an edit. <laughs> I just say uh, it yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Um, just an FYI, he's starting to go red, so we'll let him off with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, I'm not, honestly, the women's so they got bronze, which was fantastic for that full team. Yeah, um, yeah. It couldn't have went better for you guys. Like, you know, for you. Yeah especially like, to get gold and the whole team as well you know you elevated the team into bronze with that result and the, everybody in the team done really well and then the I I island woman team won it for the first time in 26 year history um katrina jennings she's fantastic like um yeah. what an athlete she was you know she's an olympian we had her on the podcast before because she came third in the comrades marathon which is yes, like yes. one of the world's most iconic races um, I think she broke, she broke the Irish record by ten minutes that day. Actually, that's that, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so it just couldn't have went better. Do you know what I mean? So, like, when you hear the likes of the Comrades Marathon and, and things like that, does your mind switch to those type of races on the bigger scene? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know, Robbie, uh, as it stands now, um, what to do, uh, especially now at the minute. You know, are we going into um don't more say. things being cancelled you know uh, you know yeah. we don't want that but you know it's just so hard to, to know um and then my sort of idea for racing is to do you know half marathons and marathons early in the year and then maybe switch into the ultras you know for the later part of the year and stuff so but i don't know where i'm going just at the minute i haven't really sort of planned it out um there's the cal uh, the scp Again, this year is in April, um, you know, so that sort of rules out, you know, if, if I'm going down that road, you know, I'm not going to be doing any marathons early, although I do like the marathon because I'd like to try and break 2.30 uh, as well. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to do something bigger and better and I don't want to be doing the same thing all the time, you know, I'd like to sort of switch it up, maybe try some trail as well and things and you know, uh, it's a big I, world I like out it there, also. isn't it? It's a big world out there. Yeah. There's, there's so much there, and you you can get stuck in doing the same races year on year. Um, yeah. It sounds like you're only starting to realize your potential, you know, and there's nothing better than the ACP to give you that confidence. And that, that sort of open your, opens your mind a bit, doesn't it? Like, you know, on, on these, yeah. look at the trail races that are out there. you got done well not to mention utmb but i mentioned it there <laughs> you yeah, got the likes of yeah. those type of races and then the iconic ultra runs like you know the comrades and things like that um yeah. with your you've conditioned yourself or trained your body and your fueling system and your mental um, strength into managing the likes of those races really well yeah and i do i do fancy you know definitely trying uh you know something different you know, I, I, I do feel that, you know, I, I'm getting stronger. I'm learning with each race and, you know, and I'll be sort of thinking, you know, what, what next, you know, I've done this in the marathon, I've done a, this in the half marathon, you know, where do I go now or what sort of things can I do? And, you know, I just had to sit down and think about it and see where, where we're going to head and what we're going to do. Um, the good thing is, yeah, I'm the good thing is you're 41. So, this endurance sort of sticks with us. <laughs> so a lot of these longer sort of races, you know, people around 50 years of age are stu still doing really, really well and actually winning the races. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a good confidence booster to know that's ahead of us. It's all new to us, isn't it, the last five to 10 years? You know, marathon yeah. running, you start, you know, I might get a good four or five years out of it before I get too old. But now we're starting to see endurance hangs about. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, and I, I think you know we're we sort of all like we're all feeding off each other as well, you know, and it's only it's only helping, you know, running here as as a whole. Like I, you know, like I say I've, I've, I've that record in, in the hundred k in the SCP, you know, 
somebody want to go and break that again you know and they see like local runners doing things like that you know why not you know you know and that, that sort of just i really do i hope somebody comes and and and, and smashes that because that's what it's all about it's just improving the standard and we're all working off each other and and, and learning different things you know and it's 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 fantastic yeah um, I, th- <clears throat> I think the ultra running world um in general um especially through the podcast you're seeing this growth so even in the backyard there that keith russell i just won was yeah. four people went over 60 hours you know that was unheard that's of unreal. before um, yeah. But that happened across the water as well in Tennessee. You know, everybody, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, will they get 200 miles? Will they get 300 miles? Now, you know, it's just growing, growing, growing. Everybody's feeding off each other and learning more. A lot of it is, okay. it's a bit like Roger Bannister breaking the four-minute mile. A lot of it is just belief. You know, that could never exactly. be done. And what you, yeah, and when you see that it is done, you know, once you witness somebody doing something like that, even the likes of Keith Russell there, you know, what, what he done was, was just, it's mind-boggling. But people start to think then that's actually possible, mm-hmm. you know, and then you, you get somebody else breaking that, and uh, you know, and I say it just develops the whole sport, and, and that, I think, is what it's all about. What I love about it is the likes of Keith, yourself, the likes of Louise Smart, you know, people that three or four years ago weren't, even thinking yeah. about doing a long distance run, maybe a marathon, that was it. But then they're coming and smashing records like three or four years down yeah. the road. Um, ord- ordinary people doing extraordinary things like, and just, you know, it really gives, it just opens the door for everybody, really. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. You know, people start to think, you know, could I do that? You know, I, I, I actually, you know, sort of work with a guy there and we sort of talked about low heart rate training and things, you know, and, and he started it and he's seeing massive benefits from it, you know, and that's his running's improving, you know. And it's like it's really, really nice to see that, you know, like someone that didn't really know what they were doing to now following, you know, this idea and, and developing their, their marathon time, you know, they're developing their half marathon time. It's just class, you know. I, I love it, like it's great to see. Yeah. It's, it's what you focus on. Um, Gar, thanks very much. Anyway, we, we nailed it today. I think that We've was got a take two. Take two. <laughs> take two. Um, is, success, it, yeah. is there any what is there any race out there, like between now and the next twenty years that you would love to do? Um, marathon wise, you know, I've I had a place um back in when I ran the three hundred eight, and I never got to do it, and then twenty twenty was cancelled, so I ended up running it virtual. Um, and then I never got over this year. I had, I ended up, I had, I had COVID then. So I, w- I wasn't actually going to go anyway because it was, the plan was to do the 24 hour at Belfast. Um, in the end, because I had been selected for SCP and, and I thought, well, I'll just finish out the year with ultra. Um, and well, the plan was to go and do the 24 hour, but I just, I couldn't, I was just flat from COVID and. That was that. The really the, the running for the year was probably over. Bar training, um, getting that going again. But I'd love to do London. You know, I have never done it. Uh, I've had three opportunities and it just hasn't happened. Um, so I've with that two thirty three at Cheshire, I could have a championship entry, um, into London. Um, so, but again, the whole calendar has changed. You know, the SEPs earlier now and, um. I don't know. I just don't know. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to do London. I would love to do it. Um, and uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That. Yeah, yeah. Gareth, um, it's going to be an exciting few years for you. I think it's, it's been great watching you grow and develop, like to be somebody who was running alongside you. <laughs> I, I, I could catch a bus and you'd still be at the finish before me. like so. Um, but uh, what's really good there to listen to and to hear for people as well, you know, it hasn't gone, it's not a straight line. You know, you've got good momentum, stuff like that. Even when you got COVID, you got totally flawed. But it's just keeping the, the belief in the process and just staying focused on that, isn't it? And, and keeping at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's two ways you can do that. You can sort of say, you know, you know, oh, that's that's absolutely destroyed everything that I that I had built up. Um, I feel flat as a pancake. You know, I'm just gonna quit. Or you could say, look, it was it's probably a chance where I, I was able to reset. 
you know, recharge in a sense, you know, yes, I was run down and, and flat after it, but I just started to build up nice and easy again from the current fitness level and just kept it going and built it up and built it up. And, and now we're, we're, we're back then roughly to where we were now. So yeah, you know, it's, it would be too easy to, you know, to, to just say, right, enough's enough. I've had enough of this and, and pack it in. Um, I love, I just love, I love it. I, you know, I just love, you know, f- the feeling of, of good fitness and, and getting out there and getting the fresh air, getting your head short and, you know, it's great. Uh, and then obviously just getting into shape for, for whatever races come up now. It's important not to lose the reason why you run, which you can, yeah. you can get lost in it sometimes with plans and things like that. Um, Gar, thanks very much. I appreciate that. I'm actually going to roll this out tomorrow because I want to get one out every week, like, so... Um, you made that job really easy for me so thanks thanks very much Robbie for having me on I'm f- feeling complete now as a runner I've been <laughs> on the podcast it took me a while but we got there <laughs> oh, well, I, had to, I had to wait to see how you done in the ACP if that went tits up you weren't getting on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. another great episode just like to thank Gareth for his time and patience and it's great to see him realising his true potential Hoping to have Ross Jenkins on the podcast next week, but I haven't even asked him yet, so fingers crossed, as he has an amazing story of knocking down his own barriers and taking on all four of the UK's mountain rounds. Hopefully he's available, but until then, stay safe and keep on moving.